0: Hello and welcome neighbors. I'm Brian Plain and this is the Live Here Riverside podcast. This podcast shares the stories of good people doing great things right here in our village of Riverside, Illinois. My guest today is Gray Ingram. Gray and his wife Lauren are the creative genius and owners of Loudmouth Food Bikes, one of Chicago's first food bike businesses specializing in locally sourced gourmet hot dogs and sausages. In our conversation, we discuss Gray's small town southern roots the highly competitive advertising world that led to their developing a plan B, how they came up with the food bike concept and took loudmouth food bikes from a mere vision to reality, and how our community can help make sure this new business not only survives, but thrives. I hope you enjoy getting to know our neighbor, Gray Ingram. All right, Gray, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, thanks for having me.
0: So let's start a bit with your story. Uh, Tell us about where you grew up and a little bit about your background.
1: I grew up in Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, and went to college in Tennessee. And then uh, I I tried to be a hydrologist out west a couple of times with the Forest Service, and both times that led to me being a ski bum. (laughs) Uh, And all the while, through college, uh, ski bumming, in graduate school, uh, I worked in restaurants. Um, That's kind of where my food background came from and my knowledge of the food industry but i went to graduate school for uh advertising so for the fast past uh uh about 15 years i've been a creative director uh uh with av- various advertising agencies around chicago um and that's kind of the other part of the business where where it um uh the advertising and the restaurant industry kind of came together and uh, to uh one kind of company
0: okay and how did, you, how did you find your way from, I guess, out there in grad school back to the Chicago area here?
1: Uh, it was a job that, that brought me here. Um, uh, it was the first, it was, uh, I got an internship at Ogilvy & Mather um, right, out of, right out of grad school. Uh, and that brought me to Chicago, and I ended up staying. I got a job at DDB, um, and then uh, worked in almost every agency downtown through the years, uh, and met my wife at, at one of those agencies. Um, and that kind of solidified staying in Chicago for, for the long haul. <laughs> gotcha.
0: Okay. And then how did you guys, uh, how, I guess, how did you guys find your way to Riverside and how did you discover Riverside, I guess, kind of from, from being in Chicago there?
1: We, um, well, when our, when our, uh, our daughter was coming along, uh, Emma Rose, she's now, um, five, as you know, as her soccer coach, <laughs> um, uh, when she was coming along, we started looking at different suburbs and, um, and a friend of, my wife's, uh, her brother lived in North Riverside and said that they really liked it and that we should come out and take a look. Uh, so we did. And we, then we discovered Riverside while we were out here and just instantly fell in love with it. There was a, uh, I think there was an open house that day that we went into first time coming to Riverside and we put an offer in that day. So (laughs) it's, um, for me, it was, um, uh, I, where I went to school was a really small town, uh, Swanee, Tennessee. Um, outside of the college, which is only about 3,000 uh, uh, students, there's probably 500 people that live there. Uh, so, it's, so it's tiny. And I, I, I love um, I loved living downtown in downtown Chicago, and I still love downtown Chicago. But Riverside was a perfect kind of escape from downtown. It feels, it's, it, it, as you know, it feels like such a, a small town while you're here and uh, living here. Um, so it's just, it's great. A, a small town right next to, you know, one of the largest towns in the States is, is a wonderful place to be. That's true. And you mentioned um, once
0: you met your wife, that kind of solidified you guys being here. So did she grow up and she she from the local Chicagoland area then too? Is that kind of how?
1: She's Chicagoland area. She grew up in the, uh, Carpentersville, which is oh, sure. out, in, uh, out near Elgin. Um, her parents still live out there. And her brother, uh, just moved back a couple of years ago from long beach. Um, and he lives in Carol's Carol stream or spring. I can never remember which one it is, but, um, he, he lives, he lives out that way. So, um, in, uh, so we've got a lot of family around, um, which makes it you know even easier to stay in Chicago. Okay. And, and so how
0: long has it been that you guys have been in
1: Riverside for now? We moved our first house, uh, was on Lionel, um, and we were there, um, let's we'll say about four years, four or five years, and we've been in our current house on Herrick um, a little over a year. So we, we've been out here uh, five or six years.
0: Okay, great. So right about that time, kids came into the equation, I think, it, that was the yeah. part of the yeah. impetus, gotcha? Okay,
1: yeah. Yeah. that was, that was um, the reason.
0: <laughs> and I know you just recently launched a new venture um, called Loudmouth Food Bikes, um, So I guess, tell us, uh, first of all, I mean, I'd love to know how you guys kind of came up with the concept um, and then ultimately what led you to kind of take it from concept to kind of reality and and where you are today.
1: Um, Yeah, we did. We just launched it a couple of months ago and um, it kind of, it came about because, uh, you know, having worked in advertising for 15 years, uh, I, I went to one retirement party in that entire time. So advertising has a way of—I um, mean, I guess—I uh, guess there's no other way of, of putting it. It has a way of, of pushing you out as you get older. You, you, uh, um, you either get replaced by uh, younger, cheaper talent, um, or uh, the higher up you get, the bigger the target is on your back, um, and it gets extremely political as, as you get to higher and higher up. Uh, so it's just—it's a, a, it's an amazing industry uh, to work in when you're young. Um, And, uh, but we, we always knew that we needed, uh, plan B, um, and a backup plan someplace to land, uh, if anything was ever going to happen. Um, and so that, so we we had a a few different businesses in mind and as, as things just progressed, it, it seemed like this was the perfect, um, the, so, loudmouth food bikes uh, is exactly what it's called. It's it, it, exactly what it is. We're food bikes downtown. And the idea came about because um, I read an article about two years ago that they just legalized, well, two years ago, they had just legalized uh, food carts um, in downtown Chicago. And they don't have the same laws that the food trucks have. So, food trucks, uh, a little bit of background on that. Um, Six or seven years ago, food trucks hit the scene in Chicago, went from zero to 60 in a year. Uh, they just boomed, and then the restaurants downtown pushed back. Um, and not necessarily all the restaurants downtown, but, but the more of the national um, associations pushed back. And, um, and so they established some laws. Uh, you can't be 200 feet from a restaurant entrance, uh, and that includes Starbucks, that includes 7-Elevens, that includes Walgreens. So, uh, and you you can only park for two hours. So when you're prepping and closing down, that really only gives you about an hour of service time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it really limited what food trucks can do. And there's not many operating downtown and you can only do um, about 3% of the city, uh, percent of the city downtown is where they can go now. They do have designated food truck areas. um, But there's just not many of them operating downtown, certainly not 60. I would say it's somewhere between 10 to 20. so we saw that as an opportunity. That um, you, the, there obviously is a market for street food in Chicago, um, and then the food carts were made it legal to to go more places, and um, we can go almost anywhere downtown. Um, and we we and then we just started. It, it just kind of evolved over the years. Of well, I don't really want to do a push cart. I don't I don't want to uh, push a cart all over. Um, downtown Chicago. And that's the reason why it hasn't taken off is, uh, it's hard to get carts downtown. Mm -hmm. Uh, there isn't a shared kitchen in the heart of downtown. The closest one is in the far west loop about three and a half miles outside of downtown. Um, and then I just started seeing images of the food bikes and thought, well, we could, we could, we could build one of those and get the food downtown and just did some more research and, um, developed our bikes. And, uh, and that's, that's how we're here.
0: And, and are you, I mean, to your knowledge at least, are you kind of the first food bike in in the city of Chicago then?
1: We thought we were. Okay, um, We're not. Okay. We, uh, when we launched, um, I actually, uh, so we work out of a place called uh, Kitchen Chicago. It's a, a shared kitchen. There's probably 20 or 30 businesses that work out of there, including food trucks. Um, And we signed up, and and we got our time slot. And um, I show up on the first day thinking that we're the first food bike in Chicago. And when I toured it, Lauren and I actually had our our wedding. Our caterer worked out of that kitchen, so we were familiar with the space. And um, uh, but i had never been in the garage. And on my first day, I went down there with my bike, and I saw another bike down there. Mm -hmm. Uh, They sell uh, um, popsicles. Okay. Uh, So the they're the Popsicle tricycle, um, uh, but I, but she's not around this summer. I, I haven't seen her much, so I just see the bike down there. And then we just found out. So so we're still claiming uh, first food bike because it, you know it's more of a dessert, sure. uh, not a lunch. And um, but we're doing an event next. Uh, let's see, next Friday night uh, called Sauced um in the West Loop. And on their roster of vendors is an empanada bicycle. So, okay. so we don't know when he came about or, or she. We don't know anything about uh, that company. Um, but they, they could conceivably be the first. But we still claim to be the first locally sourced food bike. Because okay. uh, everything, um, everything that we use is uh, within 200 miles of Chicago. Um, we, don't, uh, we don't use anything from factory farms. Um, all small mom and pop family farms and uh, and we get our sausages uh, from carnivore in Oak park mm-hmm. uh, they 're fantastic and um, and we get our hot dogs from Butcher and Lauder, which is a butcher associated with a distribution company downtown called Local Foods, who clearly um, specialize in just, uh, just distribu- distributing uh, local foods
0: okay. And tell, I guess, um, so tell us about that process, just kind of from the the idea of coming up with the, you know, stumbling upon the concept, kind of deciding on it, what was kind of like the process of, um, you know, you mentioned being characterized under the food truck or the food cart um, specific, like license, right? Uh, was that a nightmare situation as far as going through that with the city? Um, like what was that like? In other words, just to go from concepts to really kind of iterating to kind of where you guys are now of actually having, you know, bikes out there and, and delivering food to folks.
1: Um, well, I would say that everything takes, um, about two to three times longer than you think it's going to, um, not necessarily from the city, but, but everything Mm -hmm. in the the business has has taken a lot longer than I thought it was, um, going to take, uh, we, we wanted to launch in May. That was, um, that was an aggressive timeline. So we wanted to launch in May. We thought we would launch in April. We ended up launching, uh, July. Okay. Um, so, uh, so getting the bikes made um, was more of a hassle than we thought it was going to be. Um, um, but working with the city and the permits actually was, was fairly easy. Um, we, uh, what, the license that we hold is called a non-motorized food vendor license. Mm-hmm. So it's the non-motorized part that allows us to go um, and set up on sidewalks and go uh, almost anywhere on d- downtown. They try to keep you away from the high traffic areas. Mm-hmm. Um, like we can't go to Michigan Avenue. Sure. or we can go um, just east of Michigan Avenue. I can be ten feet east of Michigan mm-hmm. Avenue. You can't be on the sidewalks on Michigan Avenue. But um, because of because of the uh, because you can be just off the high traffic areas, you can still pretty much go anywhere you want to go. Um, uh, and we originally um, the other thing I would say about going from concept to execution is, is uh, everything has evolved. Um, we our original uh, strategy was to operate um, uh, like kind of a FUDA um, uh, uh, strategy. And what they do is FUDA is a company that operates downtown. Um, They set up catering stations in uh, companies with, I want to say more than 200 employees. It might be 500 employees. Um, They rent that space out to different companies um, or different restaurants every day. So, Sure. It gives uh, the employees a different food option every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they I want to say, launched six years ago, and they're now a $47 million company, or million a million-dollar-a-year company. Uh, so they're doing pretty good. Um, but what they do is they send an email out to the employees and say this is what's, what's um, down uh, or, or at food today. Mm-hmm. And we were, originally thought we'd operate the same way. Targeting, starting. We started targeting ad agencies and, and friends of ours in Riverside Mm-hmm. Um, and gave them a PDF to send out um, and because we we're operating that way we had uh, just purely a, a a shared kitchen license we didn't mm-hmm. even need a street vendors license because um, we were just delivering and then um, I was going to get a second bike licensed uh, and then the, the city said well, why don't you get this type of license and I didn't know it existed mm-hmm. um, when I went through the first round nobody mentioned it to me and <laughs> In the second round, uh, we got the non-motorized food business license. So, and now we are actually working on a partnership with Fuda, so we can uh, be one of the companies that they partner with and, and take the bikes up to up into the buildings. We can um, the bikes will fit in uh, service elevators and get through a normal size uh, uh, office door. Okay. Um, so, so now we're going to have. So we've evolved from that strategy. We still have one bike that delivers and and uh, targets uh, companies. Uh, we have we're trying to set up what we're calling permanent areas. I'm I'm hesitant to call them locations because I'm worried that uh you know I, I'm I'm kind con- I have two big fears with this company besides you know growing it to where it's a, <laughs> a Besides way. the normal
0: ones, yeah. Yeah. Besides <laughs> the
1: normal ones. Uh yeah. safety of my riders. Mm-hmm. Um uh and, and I have experienced riders um riding with me right now. So uh so I feel I feel good about that. Um uh, and then the, the second is, is if this is a successful venture and it grows, our, our ultimate goal is to have at least 10 bikes operating downtown and if we, if we get to that level, is there going to be similar backlash from the, um, from the restaurants like there was against the food trucks? Um, so I'm hesitant to call them locations but um, uh, we have permanent we're setting up permanent areas. Uh, we have one at uh, 600 West Chicago, uh, which is across from the group Home Building. And we have one, uh, on Randolph street bridge.
0: Okay. And, uh, and how do, so if those are your, uh, your areas, as, as you eloquently said, um, mm-hmm. is that, you know, how do you, how do you find most people are finding you? Is it, you know, are they hopping on your site or one of your social media accounts and, you know, is there, uh, I assume like a bike locator or something like that on there where they can kind of find you, I guess, what's, what have you seen so far in terms of just kind of, uh, is creating traction of you know helping helping people locate where you guys are going to be.
1: Yeah, I think um, uh, we, we thought it was we essentially thought we were going to be a social media company that sold hot dogs. Okay, um, and uh, that has has proven not to be the case. Um, we, we have an oak, we're growing um, on social media, but uh, we've def- most of our growth has come from um, come from friends and and, and people that we know uh and just word of mouth that way starting with a core group of people that are trying to support us um and then uh street sales mm-hmm. uh people walking by and we did um the I, so we are confident in our product everybody that everybody that tries our uh tries our dogs thinks thinks they're fantastic we we get great reviews on the dogs um but but the food bike is such a new concept to chicago we actually have one day. We gave out free samples, and everybody tried it. So this is these are fantastic. Where are you guys located? We're like right there, there. We're, we're right <laughs> here. You're we're there. there. Bikes. And they're like, wait, you have food in the bikes? Right. And um, so we, we're right now. We're working on uh, not only growing our social media, um, but we are uh, um, we're trying to pick up our, our street sales game um, with. With, uh, uh, more signage and, and things that make it feel like feel like more of a, um, a thing you know an area or, or something that makes it look a little bit more legit um, gotcha. um, and then and then so and then we've hired uh, our second employee um, uh, TJ who uh, who's got way better street game than than I do so uh, that's helped a lot um, And then we're hoping to, we started a couple of weeks ago, um, our social media campaign right now is we're targeting Rahm Emanuel.
0: I did see I was looking mad and researching the show, I like that. (laughs)
1: We're we're trying to get him to try a dog. Um, And it's just a lot of fun to, uh, our special tomorrow that we're gonna put on social media is um, uh, the special of the day is any Chicago mayor uh, buys a hot dog, his entourage gets them free. And 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 just have a lot of fun with that. And um, I don't know that we're ever going to get him to try a dog. So we've got um, we'll do it a few more months just because it's fun. And then we might move. We might go over his head and go to Obama, or uh, or or we might um, uh, you know try try a sports sports guy or something. But but we will we will evolve this to always target somebody to try them to get them a dog.
0: Nice. And and I noticed, um, obviously, the name of the company, Loudmouth Food Bikes. Um, I know you've mentioned and I've just seen from from watching your stuff that initially you've kind of stuck to the encased meats. Um, is that uh, something that you think will continue or, or is specifically naming it, you know, food bikes and leaving it more general in that? Is this something where you could see in the future kind of expanding to different options?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, we consciously did that to to. In case hot dogs or in case meats um, wasn't going wasn't gonna to draw the crowds, it um, left the option open for us to, to change to a different type of thing. Um, but it's, it's Chicago. It's a hot dog town. Yeah. People love the sausages and stuff here. So I'm, I'm fairly confident that the hot dogs will work. The, the challenging thing about the food bikes is, um, so the way that we operate is we have to prepackage the food mm-hmm. and then we keep them hot on the bikes. Um, uh, and hot dogs just work really well for for that kind of method because we, we cook the sausages and then put them in uh, the buns. Right now we have pretzel buns that, that are uh, delicious, and um, and then we wrap that in. It's an insulated aluminum foil, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dog, since it's hot, then steams the bun um, while it's sitting on the bike. So it it just it, hot dogs work really well. It'd be a challenge to to come up with something that works just as well. Um, we, at one point I had asked a chef friend of mine what he would do if he was doing this. And He said, uh, uh I'm not going to pronounce it right, but poutine or putin or, or sure. okay. yep. um, uh, but I don't, but I, when we researched it, I, I don't think the fries would, would do well and we've got to serve. I think they'd get soggy and kind of, kind of gross. So, um, that was a long-winded answer to say yes. That's that's why we kept it at Loudmouth Food Bikes to give us the option if we needed it. But mm-hmm. uh, but we're pretty happy with the dogs right now. It's just a matter of getting word word out and getting people to to try it and spread the word.
0: Yeah, and well, and I think with that in mind too. Um, do you I guess you see this as largely a seasonal business? Um, do you see it as this is something that um, you know you'll just kind of keep the bikes out when the Chicago winter rolls around, or is this something where again you'll kind of try and bring some of this stuff more inside and do more delivery stuff, uh, you know, kind of once, once winter hits here.
1: Yeah. Um, we don't know. It's going to be an experiment. Sure, our, our goal is um, our goal has always been to operate um, up until the Christmas holidays and then close down and open back up in March. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were, we, we initially had planned on being closed for January and February. Um, we may Potentially stay open now with the partnership of FUDA. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys that, that, uh, that work for me are, um, are from Minnesota. so the, this, the
0: Oh, sure. So this doesn't even registered. This is fine now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the cold doesn't bother them at all. And uh, it's just a matter of people are going to come out to the street when it's that cold. I, my original uh, kind of game plan was, was to not operate if it's below 20 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how the bikes are going to handle snow. You know, uh, I clearly any day that is, we've have enough snow that, um, that, uh, you know, businesses are closed. There's no reason for us to be down there anyway. Mm-hmm. And by the next day they probably, they have the streets cleared. Um, but with, with the, um, lens of driver rider safety, um, I, I just kind of want to test it out to see whether or not we're going to operate in the snow. And that, that leads to, why we still might close down in January and February, because if I can't guarantee that my bikes are going to be at a FUDA location, then they're they're probably, they're probably not going to be happy about
0: that. Sure. Yeah. (laughs)
1: That
0: makes sense. (laughs) Um,
1: And then I guess last uh, question specifically on the business for you
0: right now. Um, Is this, um, so is this, are you guys all in on this? I mean, this is, have you, have you kind of walked away from your advertising thing? Are you guys doing this while you're doing kind of the day jobs, I guess? Where, where are you at in your process here?
1: Uh, so I, I'm doing it full-time. Okay. Um, I'm, I've taken a step outside of, of advertising, I, I guess. I <laughs> sure. um, uh, my, my wife still works in advertising. She, she's downtown uh, at the Apparel Center. Um, but, I mean, she's essentially working two jobs right now because she does all the design for the company. Okay. Uh, she's an art director. So that that's uh, all the social media posts that you see and and um, the, the logos on the bikes and the emails and all of that. She, she's doing all of that. So she's, she's doing double duty right now. Um, and, uh, um, so we're all in, in the sense that, um, uh, in, in two senses. Um, the, the, the first is that, uh, one thing that I learned, another thing that I've learned doing this, and I'm, I'm very happy that that we did this ahead of time is, Making sure we had enough capital to survive for a while. Sure. Uh, uh, Because I mean, if if we didn't have, uh, if we hadn't pre-planned this and you know, and been working on this for years and and had money saved up for it, um, we would have closed already. Because I mean, it's been. You just. I think you need at least a year's worth of capital to before you you start something. uh, Would be my advice. Um, so we're all in, in that sense, we, we've got a big chunk of change that, that we're investing in this, that we're hoping that it works. Um, and then, uh, we're all in, in the sense that, um, it's not that difficult of a business to run the day-to-day operations, Mm -hmm. um, the setups and the permits and and the campaigns and, and all of that, the startup is, is very time consuming, but once that's kind of in place and we have our systems in place, um, I don't have to be there every day or mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even have to be there any day. You know, my, my guys can, uh, are, uh, can easily go into the kitchen, get the dogs ready, um, and, and deliver the bikes and it, it kind of, it, it would run itself in that sense. So, mm-hmm. so if we need to, I can step away and go back to advertising, um, for a while uh, or for the rest of my career. And, and, um, and, but we can, we're still going to try to keep the business running regardless. Mm-hmm. So well, we, ideally, we, we you know I'll be out advertising for for the long haul. But we'll sure. <laughs> well, and, and along those lines,
0: um, I guess what what can folks here in Riverside do to kind of to help you guys out? I mean, is it just kind of getting the word out? Is it um, obviously <laughs> buying the product? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I guess what what are, what are things that people can do here, kind of locally? Um, I guess to help help spread the word for you. Uh,
1: you know, um, let me know. Uh, you know, for those that work downtown. Um, where are you? Where can I find you? I'll send you an email. I'll get, we, when we target a company and we're going to deliver there that day, we give 20% off in the email. We'll give a 20% off uh, promo code. Um, and anybody that is the impetus of that email can clearly get a, a free dog that day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just uh, try to follow us. Uh, even if you, if, you, if you don't work downtown, then just follow us and help spread the word that way on social media. And, um, and uh and okay, uh, we, we may do um some of we did 4th of July this year. Uh uh and we may do some more events next year in, in Riverside. So come and then come check us out locally if we're if we're here.
0: Okay. And then um I guess transitioning into some more Riverside specific questions for you. What's what's been your favorite thing being here in Riverside?
1: Um I think uh uh well I, I love being along the river. Um I think that's great. But but I but I I think the neighbors um is really it it's uh, I think I think Riverside attracts um kind of a similar type person you know so it's like almost everybody that we meet is um wow we really get along with these people you know <laughs> um and I I like how it seems it seems to me you know I I still consider ourselves fairly new to Riverside mm-hmm. um but it seems to me that we're getting more more and more kids out here. Um, I don't know if it just always is that, that way, but, but, uh, or we're just meeting more kids uh, or families, but, um, that, that would be it. I, I think the, the neighbors and the people that we've met so far are, are is my favorite part.
0: And what would you change about Riverside if you could?
1: Oh, wow. Um, well, I got involved with the traffic study when we were doing that. <laughs> um, so, uh, we were, Online now, we got a lot of cut through traffic and a lot of um, a lot of people speeding. Um, that would lead to lead to another thing that I really like about Riverside is, is that if you get involved with the village and um, and Ben sells and the other uh, village board members, um, they really listen to to people who um, who voice their opinion and they try to try to um, uh, try to do what's best for the community. And I think. I think what they did along the lines of the traffic study um, has helped a lot. Um, I I think the stop signs that they put on um, Long Common um, and across the bridge is going to start cutting down on cut-through traffic. Um, I heard heard recently they're going to put temporary speed bumps on some of the cut-through streets to try to get people to slow down a little bit. Um, But I think we do have a a cut-through traffic problem in Riverside. And the, the businesses clearly want the traffic to come through so that they can see the businesses. And um, uh, but um, that'd be the thing I would change is to always is to try to figure out a way to uh, to reduce the cut down traffic.
0: And then uh, last question:
1: What's the kindest thing that somebody's done for you here in Riverside? In Riverside? Um. Oh, that's tough because there's been a lot of them. I don't want to alienate anything, anybody, but I, I think um, uh, the, the thing that spring, I'm, there's going to be a thousand that come to my mind after <laughs> the after <laughs> interview. But the thing that's coming to my mind right now is uh, when we did live on Lionel, Erin Calabrese uh, almost nightly, we, we, coming from the city, we were always behind on getting dinner ready for our kids. And almost nightly, she would come around with her kids and take our daughter for a walk. So that pops into mind, that's,
0: that's great. Well, again, it speaks to that, that small town, you know, that they have folks that are, don't even think about it and are just willing to do
1: that. So, I yeah. yeah, it was just something that she did as a neighbor, which was fantastic. That's great.
0: And if, uh, if folks want to find out more about Loudmouth Bikes, um, Loudmouth Food Bikes, excuse me, uh, mm-hmm. where, uh, where should they go, Greg? Where can they tell us where they can find you guys online? What's the best way to do that?
1: Loudmouthfoodbikes.com. Uh, we have Instagram, Loudmouth Food Bikes. Uh, we are on Facebook, Loudmouth Food Bikes. Let me see if I, how many times I can say Loudmouth Food Bikes. Um, <laughs> and for some reason, our Twitter account—you can find us at Loudmouth Food Bikes—but our, our at thing, which I haven't figured out how to fix yet, is I think Loudmouth FB one. Okay.
0: <laughs> Great. We'll uh, we'll we'll make sure we include links to all those in the show notes as well, too, with the blog post that goes with this, so that uh, people can find that pretty easily as well, too. Fantastic. Thank yeah. you. Well, again, Greg, thanks so much for, for coming on the show, telling us about your story. And uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, look forward to trying a dog soon.
1: Great. Great. Thanks again.
0: Hey, neighbor. Brian here again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Live Here Riverside podcast. You can read our blog posts and hear future episodes of this podcast by visiting us online at livehereriverside.com or liking our Facebook page, Live Here Riverside. One last thing. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a neighbor that you think would enjoy it as well. Thanks for stopping by.